This is Monica Perez waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6 right here on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We're talking about the Mueller testimony. Of course, if you listen to the show, you know we are going deep. Let's just say I, I, I people want, want to hear left. They want to hear right. I'm just just coming at you from deep. <laughs> so... I don't believe that Mueller got outed as some doddering, senile frontman. I think that's the role he's playing. There are plenty of theories of why that would be a good idea or a bad idea. I think that the congressmen, a few of them, a handful of them, are playing right into that, teeing stuff up for him to make him look easily confused. So they're not just hitting him straightforward. They're throwing them like the minor curveball that most of us can understand. But if you were a little addled, you might need the question repeated. So I feel like there that we were watching a play a little bit. But I'm open to contradiction. And uh, I think people on the left and people on the right all came away with strong opinions of what they thought they were seeing. I think that, too, was a major goal of the play that we're seeing. It goes back to my what I noticed about Trump from the very beginning. He's not only a master of the deal, the art of the deal, but the art of ambiguity. And Obama was too. Hope and change was his only campaign. There was no meat on those bones so that you could project onto him anything you wanted. With Trump, it's the opposite. He'll say everything and you can pull out of it anything that you want, left or right. And that's how they keep us engaged in what looks like hardcore partisan uh, fighting. Like there are two groups up there. They really hate each other. And they're whichever side you're on, don't you worry, because somebody's up there fighting the good fight on your behalf. I do not buy that. But a lot of people do buy it. And I love it when Binkley, Binkley has a higher tolerance of uh, for the stuff that comes at us from the left than I do. So let's hear... You have a little, I don't know what it is, a tweet or what you got there. It, it's a Facebook post. I was kind of monitoring Facebook uh, during the Mueller thing because I wanted to see how people were reacting, if they were reacting in the the same way that it was kind of being reported. And one of the things that somebody reported or somebody that I know posted, they wrote, this whole both sides do it, or the notion that Fox is a counterbalance to CNN is the problem. There's a difference between liberal and conservative bias and mindless propaganda. Okay, so this guy is saying that... Multiple people. Liberal si- well, actually, we had that troll call mm-hmm. and tell us you can't seriously say that Fox and CNN are the equivalent left and right. I mean, CNN is coming at you from the left. Mm. Therefore, they have integrity because they are correct. They are propagandizing you with truth as opposed to Fox propagandizing you with lies. And that's the heart of the problem. That is, that's the heart of the problem. Absolutely, that is the heart of the problem. People don't, 
that kind of statement, it, it doesn't acknowledge that you're a lot more susceptible to being manipulated by somebody that you identify closely with and are likely to more automatically believe than you are the other side. And that's why where the art of ambiguity comes in, and because I noticed this. This is when I got completely cured of the, the left-right psyop. I realized that your side is right half the time and wrong half the time and the other side so but you just forgive all the stuff that's wrong and you look at the other side and they're right half the time and wrong half the time and you focus on what's wrong Uh because like if you look at ron paul both sides hate him but it's possible (laughs) that both sides could love him because he's anti-big government and anti-war and you'll notice if you if you look around for authors or heroes or um statesmen or commentators who who talk about like what I think is the right answer, which is really what our founders thought was the right answer, or they were they told us that's what they thought, where we have a small limited government, it's it has subsidiarity, so it goes down to the state level, the county level, so you have some control and some limitations all the way up and down. You're not an empire, you don't go out there uh, with these wars and everything. But if you try to go down the anti-war line, you always, always, always end up with a Marxist. Yeah. You get this this anti-imperialist, we need communism right now. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, we don't need communism just because we don't want empire. Yeah. So <laughs> so when I look at the other side, I'm like, or the old left used to be against war. Great. So and the old right used to be against big government. If anybody hasn't noticed already, both sides have actually given up or certainly are completely ineffective when it comes to either of those good things which are the two things that are good about your side. And instead, we've met in what I coined to be, and later there was a book that used a similar phrase, but I call it the liberal fascist center. When I found out that Dianne Feinstein, when she was mayor of San Francisco, led the charge against the the dirty movie theater, like now that I'm a mother of teenagers, I'm like, you know, <laughs> I'm a libertarian, but I really don't like the all the porn and stuff. But I thought, what kind of a, a liberal is that? I thought the liberals were like, don't touch my pot and pay for my health care. I'm like, okay, well, you can't have both. That's why there's no such thing as a left-leaning libertarian in reality, because if you're letting people smoke their pot, you'll do what Bloomberg said, which is, I'm taking away your sugary drinks because now we have Obamacare and I have to pay for your health care. With leaving out, of course, that NutraSweet, which is what he was driving people to, is so much worse for you than God-given sugar. But uh, I digress. And you might end up paying for their marijuana. If it factors into healthcare, oh, come full circle. Maybe it was a plot of of true left leaning libertarians. I'm just saying, you look you look left, you look right, you see what you want to see, but what you don't realize, and this is, I think there are studies that support this, that the polarization. I, I'm almost certain I've read uh, studies about it. The poll as the as polarization and venom have increased left and right policies have converged, not diverged. So that's why when somebody calls and tells me how, how much they like Trump, I ask them, what policies do you like? Okay, here are some policies. Is that ideology? Is this something that's restoring foundational documents that you can then have a harder time coming away from that? If you have a balanced budget amendment, not everybody's for that, but if you had a balanced budget, then you have a very difficult law to change with the wins, you know, but executive orders not that hard. And 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 with the little things distracting us, the big policies tend to 
to get done in the dark at night. Yeah. So I want to take a call, and then I want to talk about new knowledge. So I'm going to go to Mike and Marietta. Hi, Mike. How you doing? Hey, how are you, Monica? I'm great. What you got? Well, I'm just thinking uh, what you were saying earlier, uh, and, and I know I'm sort of a student of yours a little bit, so I'm sort of learning still. But uh, take somebody like Trump. Uh, what has he done? Well, you can take into account the taxes, the economy, the stock market, the jobless rate, that kind of thing that the conservative says that they do, and he's done it. Uh, and he's also uh, won, just as of yesterday, the ability to further the wall, which I totally uh, agree with. And um, so tell me how a Hillary presidency would have us in the same place. I don't get it. So right. I'll hang up and okay. listen. All right. Thank you for the question. Uh, so I don't necessarily... The way I look at the policies, the specifics that you rattle off, I am not sure that we aren't being tricked into asking for policies that are meant to achieve the opposite. So the wall could be used to keep us in if things get really crazy. And they've gotten crazy before. There have been world wars where tens of millions of people die. There have been concentration camps in this country so you have to think about what what could go wrong when when the powers that be feel confident in their power. So if they get the Second Amendment away from us, the entire world will suffer because the whole world say everybody but us got their guns taken away. No government can go in and just totally oppress and stick their boots on the necks because then we'll say, look at that. Don't give up your gun. And everybody will be like, you got it. But instead, they all say, look. We're good. We mean well. What's there to be afraid of? Look at Australia. So so if they get the Second Amendment away from us and they're trying hard with a lot of uh, exploiting sad stories or maybe worse, then maybe the wall is there to keep us in. So we want the wall. Maybe you get the wall. Maybe it looks good. Maybe if you believe what Trump says his motives are, maybe those are his motives. Maybe when Obama says, I need surveillance because... I want to catch the bad guys. Maybe he was telling the truth, but now we have surveillance. And if you liked Obama, you don't like that it's in Trump's hands now. So we also have censorship, tons of censorship coming down under Trump. We have 5G being crammed down under Trump. We are careening towards war. Those three things, the war, the censorship, and 5G, those are the three things I am most afraid of. The things that will change this world, not just like bad for a while, but like could be the greatest paradigm shift in human history. And I don't think he's slowing those things down, and I don't think Hillary would have. Yeah, Hillary wouldn't have either, and they, the foreign policy would have been probably, in large part, the same. Well, given that her name was Hillary, but people, her nickname was Hillary. She, she. So if you, if it's, if Trump is actually not heading us towards war, is not furthering that ball. For me, the two things. There's maybe three things. Big, big picture stuff. So censorship is a very important part of what whoever was going to be president and it's working, whether it's reactionary or overt or whatever, if it's gray or white or black propaganda, it doesn't matter. It's happening. And uh, the war thing is happening and the 5G thing is happening. And those those are the things that I think uh, are the scariest. Yeah. Turn us into the Borg. It scares me. 
Yeah. I mean, it is. It, 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 the Internet of Things, where every single thing in your house is listening to you and reporting back to the central scrutinizer. Instantaneously reporting back to Yeah. You. I mean, he's not slowing that stuff down. So all the things that we're looking at that we feel like are baby steps in the right direction don't amount to a hill of beans if the, other, if the bigger picture trends that I see going on unabated continue. And it and actually puts us in condition white where we're unaware, unalert, and letting things happen. And I feel like the internet has gotten slower intentionally over the past couple of years with these companies so that we're just like, can we get 5G already? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I think that they're deliberately destroying the eyes and ears of this generation so that they're all going to get their, their they're going to all be cyborgs. I developed astigmatism, apparently, I think, because of looking at the monitor so often. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't be surprised. But I really feel like nobody talks about the ears. Like, they say, oh, watch your eyes. Nobody talks. My kids have headphones on all the time. And and in this studio, when I plug in my headphones, the headphone level's always, like, at 11 because people who live in headphones lose their hearing. So I feel like at the surface, it looks like things are fine. And I'm not just a naysayer. I look for foundational you know, restoring our foundational documents. I look at limited government. I look at the Tenth Amendment. I look at the freedom to resist 5G at the local level, which is denied us. I I look at uh, the the censorship coming down in contravention of the First Amendment, but using these private companies, which are really fronts for the government to control our First Amendment. I don't care who's in the Oval Office. I think these trends are happening no matter what, and they're the things that we should be most concerned about. Uh, thanks so much for the call. I love it. Um, you open to more calls, 800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Everything you do is being watched by some all-seeing eye. On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. I'm going to go to some calls after the break. But and well, you're welcome to call 800-WSB-TALK, but I just want to get some of this new knowledge stuff out there. So new knowledge is a company that wrote the report on Russian bots for the Senate. However, the only hard and fast proof I have ever seen of Russian bots were fake Russian bots created by new knowledge who also ran a disinformation campaign against Roy Moore. And their only form of apology was that they... Uh, didn't affect the outcome of the tightest race and the things that they promoted against Roy Moore, which were untrue, were the deciding factors about his like predilection for young girls and having a, a huge Russian bot farm following. It, it's really outrageous and nobody talks about it. But if you but and you would think new knowledge would just go away. But I think it's a very valuable, well-constructed Military front operation, CIA, I don't really know. I'm going to read to you the hilarious thing is when you go to the New Knowledge website and look at the about thing, it says New Knowledge is an information integrity company. I mean, that's just a riot. It's like Newspeak where it's the exact opposite of what it is. So then you look at who's running this information integrity company. Jonathan Morgan, whose name is splashed all over the place. He's the CEO. He's a State Department advisor, a computational propaganda researcher for DARPA, Defense's <laughs> Research, Brookings Institution. Uh, Ryan Fox, the COO, is a counterterrorism expert and has U.S. Army and intelligence experience. And uh, Renee DeResta worked for R-Cyber, which I had to look up. 
Army Cyber Command. Advisor to Congress, the State Department. It goes on and on. Binkley's going to fill in his side of that story right after the break. 800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. And now for something completely different. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6. We're in the home stretch right here on WSB. I want to button some things up. We opened a lot of cans of worms. We got some of them slithering around, but I can't. There's so many things I'd like to really get into in depth, but all I can really do is touch on them. If you want to go back and listen to the pod, to this show on a commercial free to make sure you get caught it all. And I'm not joking. People (laughs) have gotten more than one message that says, I've only listened to the show once so far, but I think I get I get what you're saying. I know that's not really the best thing for radio, but it's worth it because I need to get this stuff out there so people at least can start thinking about what they really think is going on and then call in and tell me what you think. I'm totally open to it. 800-WSB-TALK. But if you want to hear this show, go to thepropreport.com and you can hear this show on Wednesday and then my producer Binkley and I Uh, have a podcast which we put up on Thursday and if you want to speak to us directly if you want to communicate with us directly we have like a forum on there called the pool and you can just post a topic or send us a message and we will get back to you one-on-one in short order so welcome to that and I wanted to button up this thing on the new knowledge the company that ran the campaign against Roy Moore, even though that has nothing to do with what they say they are as a company. They say they're a research firm. They say that uh, robbing Roy Moore of that election was research, and I don't believe it. And I just rattled off before the break. Like, these guys are all deep state, military intelligence, all that kind of stuff. And so, Binkley, I I said, this guy, Jonathan Morgan, he just seems like a created person. Uh-huh. And... Are you and I asked you, I was like, I can't find where he went to college anywhere. I can't find any of that stuff. They're not like just throwing him out with the bathwater like you would think they would do after he was exposed this way. Yeah. There's they, this guy's been invested in. If he's a real person, I don't even know. So what do you think? Well, I did a little research and I found where he went to college, which is interesting. Here's a little uh blurb about him. Morgan wrote website codes in high in a high school as a student in the United Kingdom. But it wasn't until after graduating from the Liverpool Institute of Performing Arts in 2004 that he started delving deeper into online research when he taught himself machine learning and data science technologies to better understand online activity. That really reminds me of some other created people. I feel like when I heard Stacey Abrams say that she took acting, and I think you found that she actually went to a similar... She auditioned to get into a school. Oh, yeah. So that was part of her thing. And I call her a created person because she doesn't explain that she is She is a member of the CFR. She has internships, State Department, international, um, major universities. She's been ticking the box for different regions of the world, different leadership positions for decades. And you never hear that. You never hear that. And these people, I, I also thought with Mark Zuckerberg, his performance in Congress, I thought, what is up with this guy? And I looked into it and he had his background was not in math. It was like, I think, in languages or something, something that made me think he was tapped because of his ability to remember things. 
So yeah. I don't know if you have that impression, like these people play their roles like Mueller, like you think. I, I think this guy's an operative. I think he's working with the Chatham House and the, the British, who are, I believe there's far more evidence, that the British elites that are behind the whole Russian meddling thing. Yeah, they're the ones who are interfering yeah. in our elections and nobody seems to care it, because we call right. them allies. But whose ally are they? Ours right. or the elite? It, interestingly, the 2018 New Knowledge put out a report on Russian meddling in the midterms, even though they were exposed to, to, for fake Russian meddling in the midterms. They, who? Oh, wow. Yeah. That's and and nobody they just brush this stuff. It's what we coined as unpatriotic facts. They just get swept onto the side. Yeah. Let me take a quick call and then I've got like four or five things I simply have to tick off. Do you have anything to you have a last word on this guy or? Well, the New York Times, which initially posed a whitewash of this Birmingham project that they did in Alabama during the midterms, Roy Moore. yes, also published an article: Russian meddling in the midterms. Here's the data, and the data comes from New Knowledge. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it is crazy. And the reason that New Knowledge got outed is that somebody they were debriefing tech people to like kind of be on their team was, I think, horrified. And leaked it. Yeah. And I, they must have leaked it in a way that was effective because the New York Times, Washington Post, and the Wall Street Journal all had to address it. Although every one of the articles starts with, it is unlikely to have made an impact. Meanwhile, it was definitely Absolutely. highly likely yes. to make all the actual evidence of what they did, how much they spent, the margin. And and even Garland Favrito of Voter GA said even with after all that, he still thinks Roy Moore won. Yeah, and it definitely made an impact. You just got to go look at the headlines back then. And all it had to do is make enough of an impact that if you stole it from him, it would be believable. Mm -hmm. So that's really all they probably wanted and not even necessarily to change the votes. It's yeah. just to make it plausible that the other guy won. Let me take this call and then we're going to do some triage. I'm going to Wes and Roswell. Hi, Wes. You're on with Monica. Hey. Um, as a first-time listener, I just want to say... Uh, what a relief. Uh, thank you so much for your work. <laughs> right on. <laughs> Thanks um, for calling. Uh, thank you. It's, uh, it seems to me like these days the uh, new left almost wants us to go to war, if for no other reason than to turn around and say that Trump screwed up. Um, I'm going to hang up and listen. Yeah. Thanks again. Good point. They, they certainly want to blame stuff on him. One of the other things I didn't say earlier that I was thinking, yes, he, he may be in place to start the thing with Iran. They don't care about it. They're not going to object to it. If you look like Hillary and her cronies benefited from what happened in the Middle East, benefited from Libya, uh, from you know, they, there's big picture geopolitical implications here, but also guys who get contracts to rebuild hospitals. When you hear that we blow up hospitals and water treatment facilities, it looks like we're clowns. But I, I have a sneaking suspicion that's what you blow up because that's where the money is for rebuilding. So, yes, I think that's true that they do want it and they certainly are not trying to stop it. And the other thing they're going to want to blame uh, Trump for, which Dean on Twitter was the first one. He said it like the day after Trump got elected. I was like, what just happened? And he said, well, somebody's got to take the fall for zero interest rates in perpetuity. We got to reset to we got to reset the new normal. And who better than than a conservative, you know, titular conservative? Thanks for the call. That was great. Let's do our let's tick off all the things that we didn't get to yet. And maybe in the podcast, Binkley, we can get to some of the rest of the stuff. Yeah. So uh, you were talking about 
Binkley, that they're already talking about 2020 Russian interference. So they talk about 2016, then they talk about 2018. Now they're up to 2020. Yeah. You've noticed that everywhere or what? Everywhere, even during the Mueller testimony, he said, yeah, it's a threat in 2020. In fact, we're being interfered with right now as we speak. This was like the clearest line he was able to say the entire. He he suddenly (laughs) got it together to say this line. Right. Yeah, that's why I think like his like dementia act is actually still too coherent for yeah. the, you know his pattern. There's a pattern there. So if I had to pick one reason for this Russian stuff, I mean clearly, and or I should say, I have been anticipating year after year, season after season, that it's always a reality show. There always has to be uh, something in the center ring, and that's what this is for sure. However, as far as underlying purpose, the purpose is to attack the the and they, even when they talk about it they talk about it they the, you want they are attacking or concerned about confidence in elections confidence they never talk about integrity they talk about confidence and <laughs> in integrity they you know you, you'll notice that a lot confidence in congress confidence in the media never integrity what we want is integrity confidence will follow so they care about the confidence in the elections and the way that they undermine that which is part of the plan is talking about this Russian stuff, which is why both sides are in agreement with it, even though there's no evidence for it. Yeah, and there was a bill presented right after the hearing that, from my understanding, would essentially kind of federalize the elections. Okay, so I have four things here, and I'm going to want you to comment on the last one for sure, Binkley, because I know you follow this stuff. The number one goal, in my mind, since Bush had the hanging chat in 2000, which I think was real. Like, I, I I, don't think that was, I think there was funny business. I don't know who really won, but like, I don't think that was all on the up and up. But they always, they, the powers that be, always make lemonade. They yeah. just make lemonade. So here's this uh, election integrity. And they were just like, holy cow, this is so great. I can't believe how much conflict and unrest there is, how divided people are, how focused they are on the people and the parties and not the policies. So that was like a boon. And ever since then, the the integrity of the election, the legitimacy of the president has been center stage. And it's nobody anymore ever says, well, he was elected. I support him. He's our president. Let's work together. No. From then it was Bush. Then it was Obama. Then uh, Hillary Cruz would both have. I always wondered what the Cruz thing was, why people weren't knocking him out for having that really sketchy Canadian birth that both of his parents were Canadian citizens at a time that you could not have dual citizenship. I mean, that's just the that was just the facts and the books. And then Hillary, of course, was all set up to have too many illegal voters. So election integrity, the the legitimacy of the president is a main theme that's happening right now. This will will do that. The federalizing the election. You know, who's right on top and center stage of of that whole theme, election integrity, our very own Stacey Abrams. Oh, of course. Yes. The voter stuff. And of course, the lie with that is that she was nose to nose in the face of Kemp and didn't talk about the real election integrity problem in 2016, mm-hmm. which ground zero was his office. Yeah. As we know from Voter GA, if you want to know more about that, listen to my past shows on it. Garland Favorito did a lot of work on it. I mean, talk about disappearing servers. They wiped the servers so we could not investigate the shenanigans that went on in the 2016 election right here in Georgia. And why didn't she talk about that before it was too late? 
Maybe she just forgot about it. <laughs> I think she prefers to be imaginary governor so she can run <laughs> for actual president. So another thing I think is on the agenda is that this stuff is being used as an excuse to censor social media because of what the, this... Uh, I don't know where this came from. These private companies have all this political power. Like nobody notices every one of these is a, a monopoly in their niche. And then the guy who's doing my website, I love him to death. He sent me a thing like if you look at Twitter, it reports to Facebook in the code. I really don't understand that. Did, but well, I have to follow up on that maybe in the podcast. But like these guys are all there are incestuous relationships that traces back to DARPA. Uh, speaking of which. The last thing is that they're talking about deep fakes are going to affect the 2020 election. What to watch out for. And speaking of deep fakes, there's a tweet from Jonathan Morgan just last week. The new knowledge CEO. Mm -hmm, where he says, if you're waiting for deep fakes to happen, you're already too late. Because <laughs> apparently there was a politician in another country who during a parliamentary hearing was crying because they aired a deep fake video of him having uh, relations with another man. <laughs> and I'm sure that didn't. Why would you air that yes. during a parliamentary hearing is what I want to know. They Oh, they did it in the hearing? That's what the article said. Oh, my word. Well, I figure that is a trial run. That's what they do. You hear these stories in other countries and then they come here. But if you look back, the first time I ever saw an example of a deep fake was a video that is absolutely has millions and millions of hits. So it wasn't suppressed like my videos get. But <laughs> they uh, they had this Stanford students were showing that you could show a politician saying stuff that he wasn't really saying. They can fake the voice, fake the look, and that came out of Stanford. And funny enough, Stanford was one of was on one end of the first two-way communication from ARPANET, which is the parent of or the first iteration of the internet, and ARPA morphed to DARPA, which is the defense research arm. That so I, I listened to this great podcast by James Corbett about stuff that We've been talking about lately, he just has does, does such great research and really brought out like the connections between the defense contractors and uh, industry and the government and Silicon Valley. And it's just great. And, you you know, once you see that, you know, if it's coming out of Stanford, if it's coming out of the, the birthplace of ARPANET, deep fakes are coming from the deep state. Yeah. There's no two ways about it. So let's wrap it up after the break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. It's like everything in the blood to believe is on me in a full On News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We have so much more stuff on new knowledge and all the BS around Russian interference. We ha absolutely have to do our next podcast. So you can listen to the show on Wednesday at thepropreport.com. Subscribe, share it with your friends. Thursday, we should have a, a podcast that just carries this on because there's just too much on the cutting room floor here and we've got to wrap it up. Uh, I want a couple of what to watch out for. I think Al Franken's going to make a comeback. I'm probably not the only one who thinks that. And I, since the day Jon Stewart retired from The Daily Show, I figured he would run for Senate. So let's see what, where if those two guys come. And there's also a what to watch out for right here in Atlanta, our own Brad Binkley. Tell us what to watch out for coming from you. 
in the near future. August 10th at 8 p.m., I will be in an improvised comedic action show called Astronaut University. That's Saturday, August 10th at Relapse Theater in Atlanta. Tickets are $15 at the door, 10 online. You can find a link pinned at the top of my Twitter at freedomactradio.com if you want to check that out. And you can subscribe to the Propaganda Report podcast on iTunes or any of your platforms of choice by going to thepropreport.com and clicking on any of the show links. All the links are within the description. So the astronaut is is that what your Twitter picture is? Johnny Blastoff. I have wondered what that picture is. So it looks like that mystery will be revealed for all who go. So and they, they can see that at Freedom Act Radio. At Freedom Act Radio pinned to the top. Twitter handle that's pinned to the top. That's great. Okay. Well, in the meanwhile, you can listen to that stuff at thepropreport.com. You can talk to us at the pool there. Or you can tune back into WSB next Saturday from 3 to 6 for The Monica Perez Show. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.